There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. We have been in a series of teachings on the weekend called Jesus, No Other Name. Somebody say, Jesus, No Other Name. And we're going to get right into that word today. Everybody is standing, and I want you to lift your Bibles high. We're going to make our confession of faith together. Harvest, when your bishop mounts this pulpit, you stand on your feet so we can receive the word of God together. Amen. Amen. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word, I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message. Remain standing, we're going to go to one verse, Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. Genesis, the origin of things, the beginning of things. It is not the beginning of God, it is the beginning of man's recollection uh, to God. Between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, there is perhaps even a chasm of tens of thousands, perhaps millions, even billions of years. And the Lord takes Moses back to the beginning. Say the beginning. And as he takes Moses back, Moses then is able to record and chronicle what has taken place. And now we find ourselves in Genesis 15 talking about a man named Abram. Say Abram. Uh, Abram was a man that God said he wanted to do something brand new in his bloodline. Please understand, Abram's father's name was Terah, T-E-R-A-H, and his name literally meant he was a wild animal. It also translates into he was a loiterer. In other words, the Bible was saying he was wild and reckless, and he always talked about what he was going to do, but he never did it. And then God says in Genesis 12, I want to do something brand new through Abram. Can I tell you something about yourself? You are the Abram in your bloodline. You, you are the interruption to the dysfunction and to the curses and to the drama in your bloodline. And God says, I know the generations before you may have been wild animals. They may have talked a good game but didn't walk a good game. But you are the walk. I wish you'd have to have somebody tell them, say, I am the walk. I am. So now, so now. So now we are in Genesis 15, 1. Genesis 12, God comes to Abram a second time and tells him, Abram, I, 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 I want you to follow what I'm saying to you. And if you do what I say, I'm going to bless you. Say, he'll bless me. Which is an empowerment to prosper, to do well, and to be made whole. And then in Genesis 13, we see this blessing begin to take over for Abram. And in Genesis 14, there is a battle that uh, occurs. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But then we get to Genesis 15 and 1. And here it is. After these things. 
We're going to talk about these things in a minute. The word of the Lord came to Abram. Now, you'll notice it's Abram. It's not Abraham yet. I'll tell you about that in a minute. In a vision saying, do not be afraid. In other words, in other words, God was saying to him, Abraham, Abram at this time, you're going to face some stuff that's going to try to scare the heaven out of you. And you're going to face some stuff that makes you think you're not strong enough, you're not wise enough, you're not good enough. But he tells them up front, do not be afraid. Touch your neighbor say, don't be scared, don't be scared. If God says you can have it, doggone it, you can have it. If God says you can be it, doggone it, you can be it. It may look overwhelming, but you got to learn how to look your giant in the face and say, if God be for me, who is... says do not be afraid Abram I am your shield in other words God says I got you you just spend your time moving forward I'll cover you he says I am your exceedingly great reward father I decrease now that you might increase speak to us that we might move and walk in those things that you have ordained for us to move and walk in I declare that I am speaking to people that are the Abrahams in their bloodline They are the interruption to all of the dysfunction, all of the mess, all of the drama. And even if they got caught up into it, we declare that's over. And we declare from this moment forward, there is a line drawn in the sands of their life that says they will rise up to be everything that you have ordained for them to be. And whatever things they're facing right now, I declare there's a chapter 15, verse 1 coming. After these things, you'll visit them and tell them you are their shield and you are their exceedingly great reward. We honor you for it now. Speak, customize this for us. I pray that everyone in the sound of my voice would think that somehow there's been surveillance on them for the last several weeks and that you would customize this in such a way that people would leave knowing they've not had an experience just with a man. They've had an experience where God is speaking through a man. Father, speak, move, do what you want to do. It's your house. And we honor you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, high five, two or three people, tell them he is the reward. He is the reward. In this series, we've been talking about how there is no other name by which we can receive favor, healing, life, peace, joy, or hope. And in this life-giving series, we've been revealing, say reveal. We've been receiving, say receive. And we've been applying, say apply. The power of that name that is above every name. You know that name, shout it, Harvest. That was real nice if I said say it loud, but I said shout it. Shout that name, Harvest. Now watch this. We kicked off this series week one, uh, acquainting ourselves with the love that emanates from his name. And last week we learned that there are two approaches to life. You remember the way of the faithful and the way of the fool, because Jesus is more than just a name. It's a way of life. In other words, touch, touch your neighbor, say he's a way of life. That was the wrong number. Get the other one. Say he's a way of life. So, so last week, and if you were not here last week, my God, you've got to get the CD. Uh, because last week, there was some fool in us that needed to be put to death, that we put to death. I'm going to tell you, everything going wrong in your life, it may not be the devil. It may not even be God. Some may just be the fool that's been acting up in you. But the good news about it is that even if the fool in you has been acting a fool, God says, I got good news. If you'll turn and make a decision that that was then, but this is now. So now watch this. Today, I want us to explore this principle. Jesus is more than a name. He's the reward. Watch this. Not just a reward, but he is the reward. Now watch this before I get into the exegetical analysis of the text. Watch it. If you've been in Harvest for any amount of time, you'll notice that I give a lot of in-depth revelation. In fact, that is my uh, gift there. The gift of the apostle, the revelator. Now watch this. Uh, uh, To reveal something scripturally is the Greek word apocalypto. Watch this, which means to uncover that which is hidden. So I like to do that. Touch your neighbor and say, Bishop likes to do that. 
Now watch this. I do this because our congregation is filled with people of various spiritual pedigrees or backgrounds. And it is my responsibility to make sure that if you need spiritual meat, that you get that. In fact, we serve good meat around here. But if you need some Similac, then I need to make sure you get what you need too. And I have to give it all to you from the same message. See, the beauty of a church like Harvest is that whether you've been walking with Jesus since he walked the earth, so you think, or whether or not you just met Jesus last night after you came out the club and said, I ain't living like this no more. The good news is that wherever you're at in life, there is a place called Harvest that can meet you right where you're at to take you. I, I wish there were at least 150 of y'all that are thankful that you got a church that no matter what you've been through and no matter... So, 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 so I, I need you to understand why I teach the way that I do because it is my responsibility to make sure everybody eats a well-balanced diet. Not too many carbs because a lot of times in the body of Christ you can get a lot of carbs. But the issue with carbs is they just make you fat. You're going to need some protein if you want to be strong. Touch your neighbor and say, baby, I need some meat. I need some meat. So watch this, Genesis 15, 1. The scripture says, after these things, the Lord came. And notice the Lord here. I want to really preach if y'all will help me here. After these things, the word of the Lord. Lord here is in all caps, which means it is God's actual covenant name, which means God didn't send an angel. He didn't send a, a messenger, what that word angel means. It means God came himself. L-O-R-D, when it's in all caps in your Bibles, there are the words, or the letters rather, Y-H-W-H, which is yud heh which is God's actual name. Uh, his name is yud heh in totality. It is Yahweh in the Hebrew. It is Jehovah in the English. Check this out. What Abram did in chapter 14 was so powerful. God said, I'm not sending Michael. I'm not sending Gabriel. Those are angels. God said, I'm coming out of heaven myself. And I'm not just going to allow you to experience my omnipresence, but Abram, I'm going to come and visit you myself. See, I don't know if there's anybody in here, but it's nice to hear from an angel. But every now and then, it's nice to know that God himself will come down in your situation, come down in your life and visit you. Isn't it good to know you've got a Savior that while there's billions of people on the planet, he'll still come see about you. So watch this now. Watch this now. Abraham, in chapter 14, had a battle with a king named Cato Laomer. Say it with me. Y'all are excellent. Let me tell you, y'all can really teach that 915 because they... Say, say it again with me. Now, he has this battle with this king named Cato Laomer, who was the king of Elam. Say, king of Elam. And he had taken his relative named Lot hostage, and Abraham went to save him. Now, Lot was Abraham's nephew. And in the scripture records in Genesis 12, God said, Abraham, I want you to get away from your father's house. His father, Terah, the wild animal, the loiterer, he was dead. But God says, I want you to get away from them. Now, that's interesting because how do you get away from somebody that's dead? While a body can be dead, a spirit can be very much alive. Because a spirit is a mentality, which means, watch this, God says to Abraham, I need you to get away from the jacked up mentality of all the rest of your family. Because it's that jacked up mentality that has kept them bound when I said they could be free. It is that... It is that mentality that has kept them jacked up when I said that they could be set up. It is that jacked up mentality that's got them broke when I said they could be prosperous. So he says, Abram, I need you to free that jacked up mentality. And so he says, don't take none of the crazy folk with you while you're trying to get free. One of the greatest mistakes we make is you try to take messed up people with you while you're trying to get yourself together. I'm here to tell you, messed up can't do nothing but mess up, and jacked up can't do nothing but jack up. So sometimes you got to say, listen, I know you're my family, but I can't deal with you right now because I'm good. 
God is taking me somewhere and you are messing me up with your jacked up mentality. I felt good until I got around your crazy mentality. I felt powerful until I got around your... But Abraham has the bright idea that he's going to take Lot with him. And Lot, his nephew, his name in Hebrew means hidden motives. Watch it. He took a hidden agenda with him. Which, please understand, everybody that's around you is not for you. Everybody that's got your blood type, it doesn't mean they're right. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? So, so, so he takes Lot with him. And the scripture says that there's this big dispute. So much so that God doesn't even speak to Abram again until Lot is gone. And now all of a sudden, the kings, this king named Cato Loma, y'all got this. This will work for me. This king says, this king, uh, they go and fight this king and the kings that are aligned with him because these kings take Lot hostage. Check it out. Lot got an attitude with Abraham the chapter prior and, and, and started disputing with him. But then in the next chapter, Lot needed him. Can I tell you, be careful who you betray. Be careful who you do wrong. Because the bridge that you burn might just be who you needed to come back and save you. Touch your neighbor and say, be careful how you handle me. Be careful. So Abraham has to go and save hidden motives. He goes to save Lot. Watch this. Genesis 14, 17. Now after they win the battle, say after they win. 1417, and the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shaveh, that is the king's valley, after his return from the defeat of Kedolomer. Now, I know it's spelled Shay, but it's pronounced K because in Hebrew, that's the appropriate pronunciation. Watch this. And the kings who were with him, which means it wasn't just this king that came. This king got some homies. Translation, homies is an urban colloquialism, which means friends or allies that are uh, asserting the same goal. Now, check this out. Cato Leomer means a handful of sheaves. That doesn't mean nothing to you. Like, what is a sheave? A sheave means it's a large quantity or amount of a thing that is bound together. But check this out. He is the king of Elam. So we have a large amount that's bound together. Watch this, because that's what his name means in Hebrew. A large amount bound together, but he's the king of Elam. Check this out. I'm going to turn the corner. You ain't even going to expect this one coming. The king of Elam means hidden immaturity. You're not hearing what I'm saying. So we have a large amount that's bound together with hidden immaturity. Okay, y'all not understanding. So what literally happened in Genesis 14 is clear. Abraham fights a battle, but the spiritual meaning packs a punch. There is a natural meaning, but there is a spiritual meaning. There is a natural occurrence, but there is a philosophical principle that's being expostulated from the text. Watch it. What literally happened is clear, but the spiritual meaning has got some stank on it. Abraham had to go battle his own immaturity, which was hidden from him from years of his issues being bound together. You can think everything's all right with you until you get around somebody that says, that ain't right, that ain't right, that ain't right, that ain't right. You can be the top of the class when you're in kindergarten, but only get to a higher level of life to discover you ain't as hot as you thought you were. I wish there was a few people in here that could be honest with yourself to where when you were hanging with the chickens down here, you were the top chicken. But when you got up to the eagle land, you discovered maybe there's some growing I got to do. Maybe there's some immaturity in me. So watch. So watch. Abram goes and fights his own immaturity that had been bound together from years of issues. Now, I can only imagine the issues he had because his father was an animal. Literally. 
Terah, T-E-R-H, his name literally translates into Hebrew into a wild animal, a loiterer. It means a wild goat. Imagine, Abraham's papa was a rolling stone. And wherever he laid his hat was his home. But here's the thing, and when he... Now, some of y'all sitting up here looking religious. Take that religious look up off your face. You know the song. Matter of fact, you was playing it on Pandora the other week. Don't come up in here acting like you don't know what I'm... So he's got, watch this, an abusive daddy. Because to abuse, watch this, doesn't necessarily mean punching and hitting. To abuse means to, watch this, it is the uh, coming together of two distinct words to abnormally use. So now when I don't know what something's meant for, I'll abnormally use it, which means I'll abuse it. Case in point, you use the butter knife to open the door. That butter knife is called a butter knife because it's meant to cut butter and other soft material. It is not meant to slide up in the door because you call yourself locking doors and then lock yourself out and you left a little key that's up here, you put it in the other side of the room. So I can only imagine the issues he had that, watch this, made, I'm going to help somebody, that made him have to grow up faster because his daddy was a wild animal. So who's going to be in charge? Who's going to be the leader? So now he's got to be a child but live like a grown man. And so he's immature but doesn't know it. He's got years of issues that are bound together. Are you still here? But then one of his relatives' name, where they were dwelling in Genesis chapter 11, they were dwelling in Haran, which means a parched place. Or a thirsty place. He got a daddy that's a wild animal, and he's got brothers and things and whatever that 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 mean thirsty. Here's the problem with thirsty people is they'll drink anything. And I mean thirsty here, not in the sense of our spiritualization of it, which we'll talk about in a minute. I mean thirsty here in the sense of the urban dictionary sense. That's what I mean. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So everything around him is messed up, jacked up, and he thinks he's really the stuff because he had to be what he didn't have to himself. So he's immature and doesn't even know he's immature. Can I suggest to you that people that act crazy, if you really sit out and have a, a logical conversation, you're going to discover something very interesting. They don't know they are. They think, oh, y'all are going to look at me like that? You must be the one we talk to. They're going to think that everybody thinks like that. Everybody acts like that. Y'all ain't met nobody like that? If you ain't met nobody, you the one. You sat down and said, ABC, and they're, you know, you start out talking about, you know, cucumbers. They're like, cucumbers. And then before you do with the conversation, they're like, well, no, that's not the problem. The problem, the problem is two and two is four. Okay, I thought we were talking about cucumbers. All right, let's go talk about four. Well, no, but that's not the real issue. The real issue is that I don't like snow. Well, now, wait a minute. Are we talking about cucumbers? Are we talking about four? Or are we talking about snow? You don't even know that you got a problem. And Abraham didn't even know that he had a problem. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. And didn't even know that he had a problem, which makes his battle all that more significant is because, watch this, the greatest enemy you can ever conquer is the inner me. 
You sitting up here worried about your haters and your Judas and your this and your that. I'm going to tell you, you ain't got to be worried about that. The one you really need to worry about is the one you sleep with, the one you eat with, the one you talk to the most, the one you spend the most time with, and that's yourself. Touch your neighbor and say, confront you. So verse 20, and blessed be God most high. So after, watch this, after he wins the battle of Cato Laomer and the kings aligned with him and confronts his own immaturity. Got it? Watch this. The Bible says that he goes to the king of Salem. Salem was early Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which is, watch this, the city of peace. Peace in Hebrew is shalom. Shalom means nothing missing. Nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Check it out. Before Abraham could get peace, he had to fight. I'm here to tell somebody that the battle you're in right now, if you abort that battle, you ain't going to get the peace you've been seeking. If you really want to get to a place called Shalom, you're going to have to learn how to fight. And you're going to most often have to learn how to fight yourself. But there is good news. The good news is that if God be for you, who can be against you? Can I let you in on something? You're a who too. Which means if God be for you, even you can't stop yourself. So watch this now. Genesis 15, 1. Or verse 20 rather. And blessed be God, 14 and 20. Most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. In other words, say he won. won. Please understand. I don't know about you, but anybody got in a fight? I I, I remember I was was in elementary school. I got in a fight. I think I told you about it before. Now, uh, this this little boy, uh, he was antagonizing me. And he was starting something. He always was trying to start something. And I just good, you know, I just, I didn't do all that. I just mind my business. And mess around. Well, he, he started throwing stuff at me and throwing rocks at me. And he, and he, and he, he had stuck me with something in the back. In fact, later on, they, they, I was bleeding. And, and, and I was trying to get help. I was trying to wave down some help. No, I was, I was. I was in elementary school. Don't look at me like that. I'm like, I can't believe the bishop. Really? You ain't got no business. You put that judgment right back in your pocket. And, and, uh, and so he threw rocks at me. And I used to, I had hair. And so the, <laughs> so the rocks, the rocks stuck. The rocks stuck. And they were stuck in my hair. And, and, and I like clean hair. The Bible says. <laughs> so I'm like trying to wait for help, trying to wait for help. And, and, and the lady, she just was looking and she'd laugh. <laughs> and I'm thinking, lady, I don't need saving. He does. Because don't take my kindness for weakness. Come here, David. I may be a shepherd, but Goliath, if you mess with me enough. So I'm not endorsing fighting or violence or any of that. So students don't be saying, see, Bishop, no, don't do that. But I tried to get help and help one coming. So he just kept going. He just kept going. I said, okay, evidently, son, you're not understanding me. So I'm going to have to just learn you. So out there on the field. I was like, stop. He was like, no. So all of a sudden, I was like, I'm going to have to help you understand some things. I said, stop it. He didn't want to stop. And he, and he uh, hold on. He, um, he had a lot of drippage. So I was concerned for my health. Okay, come on. So I was like, would you please go wipe your nose? And then come fight me. 
He didn't want to stop. I flipped him over. I said, now I asked you to stop. And she ain't doing nothing but laughing. So I'm left with one option and one option only. And then the Lord stepped in and that was the end of the day. But I said, he don't know man. He must not know. But the Lord stepped in and gave me a mighty victory. <laughs> now, now watch this. Watch this. Here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. Before Abram could get to Shalom, he had to fight. And the fight he had to deal with was with himself. Can I suggest to you that your neighbor, you spiritual, but their neighbor, I'm talking to you, your neighbor, every time a fight comes, they pray their way out to fight. When really what they need to stand in the fight because the fight is what's going to get them to Shalom. Touch your neighbor and say, keep fighting. Which means, watch this, I think it was Winston Churchill that said, if you're going through hell, keep going. Which means, Lord, don't get me out of this, Lord. Give me the strength to just walk through it. I wish you'd have five your neighbor tell him, say, just walk it out. Just Genesis 15:1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Say shield. shield. Your exceedingly great reward. Say reward. Now, once Abram, whose name wasn't changed by God until, uh, to Abraham until later because the insertion of the H there literally meant God was injecting himself into Abram's name to where, watch this, when he becomes Abraham, every time his name is spoken by anyone, including himself or Sarah, it is literally, watch this, a reminder of the covenant or the promise God made him. So watch this. A Abraham is literally just means Abram in covenant with Yah. He didn't get it. Yeah, well, I just taught you earlier that that's his name. So the significance of his name being changed was that he's saying, you're not just the little guy you were over here yesterday. You are now a man in covenant in agreement with me. Now, now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Once Abram, uh, his name is changed later, he tithed, say he tithed, and conquered his own immaturity. Say conquered his immaturity. Then the Lord visited him with these powerful words in chapter 15, verse number 1. Notice the Lord didn't visit him until after he had done what he needed to do. There are some answers and some breakthroughs you're waiting on, and you're like, God, when are you going to do it? And God is saying, well, I'm just waiting on you to finish the fight. But, but hear me, the children of Israel had two routes they could have taken to the promised land when they left Egypt. They, they had the long route, which they chose to take. But there was another way that would have taken, the scripture suggests, even shorter than 11 days. But the Bible says God didn't take them that way because he knew they wouldn't want to fight. In other words, there's some stuff that when you look at it, you're like, I don't even want to deal with that. Can I suggest something to you? You really need to deal with it because it ain't going to take you 40 years to get to where you're going if you'll just take the shortcut and the shortcut is through the fight. I'm here to let somebody know the fights that have been going on in your life. God says those are called shortcuts. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Every battle you've been facing, God says it's a shortcut. And if you keep praying your way out of it, you're going to take 40 years to get where you should have gotten 11 days or less. So watch this. Abraham tied. Say he tied. Now we understand that's the first 10% of income. But the tithe is even greater than that because it represents a principle greater than money. It literally means once Abram began to really put God first in his life. I ain't talking about the putting God first in them four areas where you're okay putting him first. But those other seven areas where you're not so sure he knows what to do. Got real quiet there. Can we be honest? We all have areas of life to where we're like, I got that. Okay, I'm good. That's yours. And then we have other stuff where we're like, mm, yeah, I'll keep it. No, no hands raised. Wow. Okay, three. Thank four. Five. Six. Seven. Eight. Nine. Nine. Ten. Can I get eleven? Can I get eleven? Okay, what's this? 
check this out. God doesn't lack power. Say he's powerful. That ain't the problem. God's got the power. We often lack the principle of putting him first. Watch this everywhere. Now, check this out. I've taught you this before, but redundancy is the teacher's best friend. God should be first in our time. You know what that means? We don't miss church. It got real quiet right there, Denver. That's why I'm so proud of our congregation. Even with all this snow and all this stuff going on, you said, I'm not missing no... But while we thank God for that, let's just tell the real. You weren't going to miss work tomorrow if it was snowing no how. So, but please understand, please understand, please understand. It's a principle because here's what church is. Church is not just a hospital where hurting people come and they get well. Because in a hospital, once you get well, you leave. So it's not just a hospital. It's a training center. It's a training center. Here's the trip. When you miss church, you're missing a lesson. When I was coming up, they used to say, come on in here, boy, and get your lessons. But watch this. In other words, they were saying, you need to study because the day tomorrow has something for you you need to study today. Tomorrow has got some tests and challenges you need to get your lessons for today. Here's what happens when you miss church. You think, oh, it ain't no big deal. Yes, it is because you're missing a lesson where you're going to have a test on it whether you got the lesson or not. I can't get no help in here. In other words, the reason I take it so religiously, if you will, and I don't let nothing, I don't know about you, but I don't let nothing make me miss church is because I realize there's something that's going to be said, something that's going to be experienced that I'm going to face later on, and I want to make sure I'm prepared. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So God should be first in our time. He should be first in our treasure, which means our giving. Please understand, if everybody else gets their money and then you pay God what you owe him, He's not first in your giving. It's just that simple. I'm not beating you up. It's just the truth. God should be first in our talent, which means you should serve in the church. Please understand, but Bishop, I'm not the serving type. I don't have time to serve. I don't know my schedule. We, we created whole new serving roles that work for people who, who can't commit to the normal serving schedule. But you wouldn't know that because you wouldn't even try to get into serving. It's quiet in here. He should be first in our testimony. That means we should tell people about Jesus and our church. Please understand. Don't be sitting there, Bishop, I love you. Bishop, I love the church. But who you told? If you ain't told nobody, then, then what good is your testimony? The scripture says, and we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb. That was shed. And by the word of our testimony, which means if it's good to me, I ought to be telling somebody. You don't go to a good restaurant and keep it to yourself. You want it. Man, you got to go. Man, I had some French toast. Man, I had a donut. And it had maple on it. Glory to God. And it had bacon on it. Oh, Jesus. Won't he do it? No, seriously, though, do you, do, you, do you go and have a great experience and tell nobody about it? No. So the scripture says that God should be first in our testimony, but then he should also be first uh, in our thirst. And here I mean the spiritualization of the word thirst, which means our prayer, praise, and worship, which means when you come in, it is not a concert for you to sit back and watch. It's your opportunity to say, God, you've been good to me, and I may not know how to dance, I may know how to sing, but I sure know how to clap, which means if I got to stand here and just do this the whole time, God, you've been good to me. If you don't never do anything else for me, when you're hung on Calvary, you did a Is there anybody in here that said, God, I owe you praise, and I owe you worship, and I... So from this moment forward, don't you come up in here, Harvest, looking at them, saying you engage and praise him. You engage in worship. Why? Because you owe it to him. Does your neighbor say you owe it to him? After he ties and defeats King Leto, uh, Kato Leomar, watch this. God reveals these powerful words. And I'm almost too. It, watch this. He reveals a sequence of names. <laughs> he says, I am. Say, I am. 
Now, you've seen I am before because you'll recall I am from the exchange Moses has with the unknown God. See, the Hebrews had worshipped the God, uh, uh, this God that they knew, the God of their fathers, if you will. The Hebrews had worshipped him, but they didn't actually know his name. They're like the God, the great God, mama them God, daddy them God. We don't know his name, but we know his God. So Moses, when Moses is getting ready to go back to Pharaoh and say, let my people go, he's like, well, God, who shall I say sent me? What's your name, by the way? Like, do I say Mr. God? Presiding God? You know, Sir God? What, what, what should we say? And God responds and says, I'll tell you what my name is, Moses. My name is I am who I am. And he said, so you're going to tell them I am has sent me to you. Now, now watch this. On the surface, it's like, hey, man, ain't God good? Yes, he, okay, but no, 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 no. Let's get beyond that. Watch this. I am is a Hebrew phrase, a year, a share, a year, which means I will prove who I am. In other words, he said, Moses, what's more important than you knowing my name? Come here. What's more important than you knowing my name? Come here, everybody. What's more important than you knowing God's name is you knowing who he is. Bishop, what do you mean? God says, I'm going to show you just who I am because you're getting ready to experience some stuff where I'm going to prove to you who I am. Which means if you need a way to be made, you're going to find out I'm a way maker. If you need your body to be healed, you're going to find out I'm a healer. If you need your mind, come here, Old Baptist Church, to be regulated. I'm going to regulate your... Trust your neighbor and say he'll prove himself. Check this, which means after you win a battle in life, it's not just the spoils of war that you receive. The real reward is a better knowledge of him. He is the reward. Say he is the reward. So watch this. Your battles reveal to you who he is. That's why he said, I'll prove who I am. He said, let me tell you something, Moses. I can give you a name. But watch this. More powerful than you knowing my name is knowing what I can do. You ever heard of this phrase, the pen is mighty than the sword? What the principle of, of that phrase is, is trying to illustrate to us is that a person that has an office of authority or power is... Uh, more powerful and has greater might than someone that has the ability to fight with other means. Let me prove it to you. Uh, a judge can sit back with his pen and change your life. The government can issue a decree with a pen and change situations. This is what he's trying to say. God was saying, Moses, I know you want to know my name, and that's great. And I'll reveal myself. I'm so great, I can't even tell you all of what I am. Because not only will I prove who I am, but I am El Shaddai. I'm the all-sufficient one. I am Elohim. I, I, am, I am Emmanuel. I am Jehovah Shalom. I am Jehovah Nisi. I am Jehovah Sitzkenu. I am the beginning. I am the Alpha. There's so much, Moses. We really don't have time to cover that in today's lesson. So I'll just prove it to you. In other words, God says, I'll show you better than I can tell you. Check this out. Check this out. Your battles reveal to you who he is, but then who you are to him. Listen to me. You don't waste time saving who you think is going to die. No how. You don't waste time investing into what has no value in the first place. Do you not understand what I'm saying? So when Jesus hung on that cross for us, he was saying, I believe in their value even if they don't believe in the value of themselves. 
You're not hearing what I'm saying. You're not understand what I'm saying. In other words, God says, you have value to me, and your battles have been revealing to you just how valuable you are to me. Because when other people went through what you went through, they lost their mind. But you still standing. You're still ticking. You're still pushing. I'm teaching you what you are to me. But then it reveals who you are to yourself. You don't really know you until you go through a battle. And that's the real you. Doesn't ever say that's the real you. The real you is not the you after you just ate. Come on, let's be honest. You're real nice after you just ate. had a good meal. You're like, let me hold some. Okay. Absolutely. How much you need? When you haven't eaten, let, let you hold some. You asked me to let you, last week I let you hold. When you going to hold something? When, when is the, I'm being facetious. Check it out. Hell helps you hear him. Battles teach you to believe in him. Pain teaches you to pray to him. Failure teaches you to put your faith in him. Say, my battles are necessary. Watch this. Uh, he says, I am your shield. Say shield. Shield is this Hebrew word, magen, M-A-G-E-N, which means it's got several meanings. I'm going to give them to you. Uh, one of the first meanings is buckler. Buckler comes from an old French word, which means boss. God says, I am your boss. And every now and then, we forget who's the boss. I, I know perhaps you've not done it. That's okay. I'm talking to your neighbor, though. Uh, every now and then, you'll forget who's boss. And sometimes God has to let some situations and circumstances take place to say, you don't run nothing. Let me translate. Run nothing is a southern colloquialism, which just simply means you don't have the authority that you espouse to have, dear fellow. Test your neighbor say, you don't run as, what, as much as you think you do. God says, I'm the boss. And that's why there's certain stuff that you prayed and God could have changed, but he didn't. You know why he didn't? He said, I need you to know I'm your buckler, which means I need you to get to the place in your life. When I say jump, your response is how high. When I say lay down, your response is how long. God says, I'm the boss. And until you get that, he tells Abram, he says, Abram, I'm your buckler. I'm your boss. But then it means defense. Say he's my defense. Check this, which means, watch this, watch this, Horace. That means we don't play defense. We play offense. There's no need to have two of us on the same side of the ball. If God is our defense, see, let me help all of you who, 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 who you got drama going on because you're like, well, I just need to save my side and I need to do this and I need to do this and I don't know. No, no. Let me help you with something. God says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Which means God says, I know how to get them in ways you never imagined. So the reason I need you to not try to get even and not try to get equal and not return evil for evil is because if you do that, then you're on the wrong side of the ball. I already told you I'm your defense, which means I'm blocking. I need you to stay on offense, which means keep it moving. The goal of the offense is to score goals. You're not hearing me. God says, get off my side of the ball and let me handle that. Y'all not understanding. God is saying, don't worry about your haters. Don't worry about who's talking about you. Don't worry about who your Judas's are. Don't worry about who's trying to set you up. God says, I've got them. I'm your defense. I just need you to keep it moving forward. But then it means protector. All this word shield means it means protector. Say, so he's my protector. But then watch this. It means the scaly hide of a crocodile. Oh, that's interesting, huh? That this Hebrew word, this one word has all these meanings, and one of them is almost 
barbaric, if you will, to suggest that God, the creator of everything that is, can be reduced to a scaly hide of a crocodile. Now, I don't know about you. Crocodiles, alligators, lizards of any sort, except the gecko one, the gecko, are uh, not really my thing. Snakes, not really my thing. Uh, God says, I'm the impenetrable covering. Crocodile, the scaly head of a crocodile, literally means the impenetrable covering. In other words, God says, when I'm your exceedingly great reward and your shield, I am your impenetrable covering. Impenetrable means nothing's getting through this. Nothing's potent enough to get past this. Nothing has the strength enough to break this down. You're not hearing what I'm saying. No situation's got the ability to break this. God says, I am the scaly hat of a crocodile. Now, here's the reality. Some of us are thinking, that's nice that he says he's our shield, but it looks like it's some stuff where got through. Come on, let's be honest. You ever look like, God, how you let that through? Have you ever asked yourself, let's just be honest, God, really? Okay, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You ever sat back and been like, God, if you love me, and then at that time, some fool will come up and say something similar to that to you. Well, if your God was really for you, I just don't understand. You wouldn't understand. Check this out. If God is impenetrable, check this out. Here's what it means. Whatever battle you're facing that got past his impenetrable covering, hear me, it doesn't mean it penetrated. It means he moved out of the way on purpose. And if God moved out of the way on purpose, that tells you what he thinks about that battle juxtaposed to you. In other words, Goliath, you didn't make it past the scaly hide of a crocodile. God moved out the way because David needed to fight you to show David how strong he was. I'm going to tell somebody, you're not as weak as you think you are. You're not as messed up as you think you are. You're not as jacked up as you think you are. God says, when that thing came, I got out of the way. You know why? Because I figured you could handle it. High five, two people around you, tell them, you got this. You got this. Whatever made it past God, you can handle. If you're dealing with it, that's God's way of telling you, you got this. Stop crying about it. Stand up and scrub. Brush your shoulders up and look at that situation and say, Be- He is, he is, he is your scaly hat of a crocodile. Now, now check this out. He says, I am your shield, your exceedingly. I says exceeding is the Hebrew word, miyad. I'm giving you Hebrew because that's Old Testament. Miyad, which means, it literally means this, muchness. God says, I'm your muchness. It means abundance. It means force. Doesn't neighbor say the force is with you? That's the wrong neighbor. Get the other one. Tell him, tell him, tell him, the force is with you. That was still the wrong one. Flip, switch roles and just touch somebody else and say the force is with you. I said this to them this morning. You want to know why some people have a problem with you? It ain't even you. It's that when you show up, the force that is God came with you. 
And when God stepped on the scene, everything dark had to run. You're not hearing me. If you ever grew up in a house where you had roaches, if you flipped the light on, the roaches would scatter. And that's what happens while some people treat you wrong and don't even know you. And some folk got an attitude with you and ain't even met you. I'm here to tell you it's because when the force showed up, the force made everything. And you need to quit crying about that and start celebrating that. Chickens hang out together, but eagles know how to fly by themselves. Touch your neighbor's head of forces with me. Which means when you showed up on the scene, the temperature changed. When you showed up on that job, the reason the company's been doing so well is because the force showed up. When you showed up for the, watch this, holidays are getting ready to happen, and some folk are real excited, but then some of you are like, because mm. you're going to have to deal with some folk that try to agitate your force. But instead of letting them get to you, you just ought to walk in and say, good morning, <laughs> good evening, <laughs> good afternoon. Oh, I offend you that much to where you can't even say nothing to me? Well, I must be somebody. And I'm not dumbing down who I am to make you feel good about your mediocrity. You're going to have to come up higher. You sitting here acting out of character to make them feel comfortable. To hell with that. You make them adjust to the force that is with you. And I mean hell literally. Gehenna, hot trash. That's hot trash. You got folk ain't never met you. I can't stand them. You ain't got a problem with me, partner. Let me help you. You got a problem with the force. And woe unto him that would box God and think that he can win. Your problem ain't with me. Your problem is with the force. But what I found out about the force is that the force likes to dominate. So, so don't get caught up with me. I don't know why they don't like me. The force. Or you're crazy. Now, there is the alternative. You could just be a mess, too. Just so we're clear. Don't, now, oh, I got to say this. Don't call it the force when you're just rude. They don't understand my anointing. You ain't got no anointing. Because the anointing would have taught you that that's not nice. Okay. Amen. We don't say pigs. I am your muchness, your abundance. The force. But then here's the last two words. He says, I am your exceedingly great. Say great. Great is the Hebrew word rabah, R-A-B-H, which means to increase. And check this out. God says, I'm trying, and not trying to. God says, I want to increase you. God says, I'm not happy with you settling for down here. God says, I am the God that wants to increase you. You, you didn't hear. Let me talk over here. Maybe they'll say something. God says, I know you're happy with this little life here. And God said, that's real nice. You work real hard to get there. But as it be God. But God says, I am the God that desires for you to be rabah. Increased. Now, Bishop, how do I measure increased? You measure it from day to day. Which means my goal on Monday is to be a better me than I am on Sunday. My goal on Tuesday is to be a better me than I was on Monday. My goal on Wednesday is to be a better me than I was on Tuesday. And before you know it, I've increased over time. But he doesn't just desire to increase you. He doesn't even say he wants to increase you. Which means he wants you to be smarter, wants you to be wiser. Watch this. And he wants you to have some do-re and some me. 
Oh, yeah, I said it because you need to know that. The only people that have a problem with Christians having something is the world. And you know why the world doesn't want Christians to have anything? So they can keep you sitting in here shouting but not able to run nothing. But when you got Do-Ray and to me, you can say, no, we ain't doing it this way. We ain't doing it this way. We were created to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. And so we, I declare there shall be none feeble among us. Somebody shout increase. You be messed up if you want to. You should have lied to me before I could read. Once I started reading, I found out, he says, I am the God that wants to increase you. But then it means, I'm almost through, to enlarge you. Say enlarge. enlarge. To excel. Say excel. Because God says, I want you to excel. Which means if you're a pizza flipper, God says, I want, you, I want them to look at you and say, God, what you be doing in them pizzas? If you're a fry dipper in the oiler, God says, your fries ought to be so good. The manager come around and say, God, what are you putting in these fries? You don't understand what I'm saying. Wherever you find yourself in life right now, stop complaining about the hand you've been dealt. God says, I just want you to excel. I feel like preaching here. That's why Joseph, even when they threw him in the pit, he still excelled. Even when they threw him in prison, he still excelled. Everywhere he went, the Bible says, and he was favored, which means, watch this, Joseph's name in Hebrew means the Lord continually increases, enlarges, makes me excel, which means if you are in the lowest point of your life, you better make the best out of it. Touch your neighbor and say, make the best out of a bad situation. That's the wrong neighbor. Test the other one. Baby, if you lost your car, you better make the best out of it. If you lost your house, you better make the best out of it. If folk walk away from me, you better make the best out of it. Because God says, I desire that you excel. How about three people tell them, excel, excel, excel. Wherever I find myself, watch me excel. God will put you in Denver as a pastor where they say you can't be on nothing. And Oh, you, oh, I can't testify. God will put you in the church planter's graveyard and then say from scratch, Bill, but would you look around? Won't he turn it if you let him? Somebody shout, excel. Watch. It means multiply over the process of time. All this is from this one word, great. Increase you, enlarge you, make you excel, multiply you over the process of time. Let me help you with something. Uh, you heard people say, time heals all. That's a lie. Time don't heal nothing. What you do during the time determines whether that you heal. Let me prove it to you. You ever have maybe something you just thought, oh, it'll go away with time, for it don't only look worse? And, you know, you like, you know, especially parents, you know, you like your kids like, mama. My arm is falling off. Lay down and take a nap. You'll be all right when you wake up. <laughs> then they wake up and their arm's still hanging. Time, time doesn't heal anything. You hear me? Time doesn't heal anything. Let me help you understand something. Time, time doesn't heal anything. Watch this. What you do during the time is passing. So God says, I am your exceedingly great. I multiply you over the process of time. Which means it's not just time passing, but what you do while time is passing. So watch this. While you're on your way to where you're trying to go, God says, I want you to be productive. I want you to maximize the time. Say maximize the time. So I know you're going to start your business, but right now you, you, you're working at another man's. 
So while you're working at another man's, treat that man's like you treat your own. Because the scripture says, if you can't be faithful with that of another man's, who would even give you your own? Which means you asking God to give you your own when you half do somebody else's is illegal. If God gives you what you ask for, he'd break his word. And he says heaven and earth will pass away before he ever breaks his word. Are you still here? Say productive. You were created to be productive. You were not created to sit at home all day and talk about what you're going to do. You weren't created to sit up on the phone with folk talking about what kind of life you'd like to have. You were created to get out there and shake something. I feel it here. Shake something, do something, and move something. In the South, that's what we say to people that make stuff happen. Just let me say, make it happen. Which means if you ain't got nothing but $200 in the bank, you better work that $200 like it was $2 million. If you ain't got nothing but four suits and three pairs of shoes, you better work them four suits and three pairs of shoes like it's going out of stock. Stop saying, God, I'm, I wish I had this and I wish I had this. Instead, saying, God, I'm going to be productive with what I have. Which means if you're driving a hoopty, stop complaining about it. You better go get you some armor all, shine that thing up, take it to the car walk. Get you a chamois and... A chamois is what you use to dry it off. Now, you got to use a chamois, not a towel, if you want to protect the finish. FYI. My car scratched up because you're using bath towels. They are bath towels. Which would suggest to me that they're created for you when you take a bath. I, I, I want to do something. I, the Holy Ghost says, grab your neighbor's arm. I don't hurt him. Get down. Say, in the name of Jesus. God just dropped the word. From now to the end of this year are going to be your most productive years, days, weeks, seconds, minutes of your life. From right now to New Year's Eve, you are going to see more progress than you've seen your entire life. If you believe that, your praise should reflect it. I feel it. I feel it here. I need my Shamir. I feel it right here. I feel it right here. If you believe what you just decreed to your neighbor, more productivity, more productivity, more productivity, more pro you get ready to see deals close just like that. Opportunities come just like that. Shout if you believe it. Satan should have killed you while he had you. But it's too late now. I said it's too late now. Shout productive. Ah. Be seated. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's, 
That's why you don't miss church, because the announcement you miss might be the announcement that you needed. And I'm getting ready to get real spiritual and prophesy now. This is the garment, help me, come on, this is the garment that the prophet wears. It's called a Shamir. And when the prophet would wear it, they were declaring, thus says the Lord. So to everybody that's been frustrated with where you're at in life, I got some announcements for you. God says that frustration is over. Yeah. To everybody that's been complaining about where you've been at, you better get ready because God says productivity is coming. To everybody saying, when is my moment coming? I got an announcement. It's here. Productive. Productive. Every enemy in front of you being ready to be scattered. You're going to wake up in the morning and check your email and God will have scattered your enemies. You're going to wake up in the morning and check your bank account and say, where in the world? There's some stuff. I'm prophesying to somebody. It's some stuff that God says you're getting ready to multiply. Shout productive. Well, I got to finish. I, 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 I got to finish. Got to finish. You ain't going to recognize your life by the end of this calendar year. You're going to say, I'm so glad I didn't miss church that Sunday. I'm so glad I didn't let a little snow keep me out that Sunday. Because that was the announcement that was the game changer in my life. Uh, well, I, I got to finish. I got to finish. I got to finish. finish. I got to finish. I got to finish. I got to finish. <laughs> he, he says, I am your exceedingly great, shout great, reward. Which means I increase you. I enlarge you. I cause you to excel. I multiply you over the process of time. Which means wherever you at, maximize it. Because the productivity now, I know you're 40, I know you're 50, I know you're, I know you're saying, how in the world is God going to do this? Because he got an announcement to you. I am your exceedingly. Watch this, I got I to make sure you get this. He says, you're great. Say great. And this last definition of this word is going to turn the corner. We were on 25, headed to Cracker Barrel. With some hot biscuits. With butter and apple butter. But I got a detour. Because this last definition, this last definition is so important because you just declared... You said you believe, but I need to tell you the prerequisite. You want to know the last definition of this word, great? It means grow up. Bishop, Bishop, what is that? Watch this, watch this, watch this. God says, I increase you, I enlarge you, I excel you, I multiply you over the process of time, but I am the God that grows you up. Watch this. Watch this on the detour. And then we're going to get back on 25. Watch this because the business is hot. Watch this. Now we understand why Abram fought the king of Solomon, or excuse me, the king of Elam, which represented his own immaturity. Why? Because Jesus is the name that grows us 
up to the fullness of the potential that we have. And that's accomplished through battles that make us confront our own immaturity. Just like Abram's battle with King. How two different groups of people. Cato Laomer. Come on. So I'm going to do just like I did at the 915. Now we understand why Abram fought the king of his own immaturity because Jesus is the name that grows us up to the fullness of the potential we have and that's accomplished through battles that make us confront our own immaturity just like Abram's battle with king. I'll take it. Now some of y'all, I sat here and said it ain't Shea, it's K. And some of y'all, Shea Dolomer. <laughs> Cleophas Nim. Can I tell you what God's been doing to you? I'm going to tell you what's been going on in your life. God's been throwing stuff on your face and saying, deal with it. And here's the trip. Even when you try to run from it, it meets you in your run. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Even when you try, I ain't going to deal with that today. It meets you while you're sleeping. Even when you run into the bathroom, it meets you in the bathroom. God says, you're going to deal with this because I'm ready to see some productivity. Immaturity means lacking complete development and acting like a child. The Apostle Paul said it like this. When I was a child, I thought like a child, I spoke like a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things, which tells us a very poignant and potent principle. Being a man is a choice. Being a male is by birth. Being a woman is a choice. Being a lady is a choice. Being a female is by birth. Here's the verse. Watch this. Check, check this out. What immaturity is in you that your battle is attempting to grow up? What immaturity? And let's be honest. Now, especially for those of you who think you have no immaturity, your immaturity is called pride. So there you go. There's your answer. We all have immaturity. That God says, I got some battles. Now, watch this. I could block because I'm impenetrable. But I didn't block it. And if I didn't block it, it means I had to choose to get out of the way, to let it pass me to get to you. Because I need you to kill the Kedalaomers in your life. The immature and childish ways. Yesterday, I was telling this morning, yesterday, I had an opportunity to interact with children a little bit longer than my normal, typical interactions with children would be. And, and out of 17 plus years of vocational ministry, one of the departments I've never actually served in, tell you a secret, is children's ministry. And the reason I never served there, I was very busy doing other things. <laughs> but see, my approach is real simple. What you crying for? Now I said, stand over there, and we're going to go to the bathroom. Now I just don't understand what you didn't understand about that. And then when they fall out, and then wait, wait though, and then they'll cry after they fall. Once you watch it, I was like, "Wait, no, no, you didn't. Just fall out, and then watch me look, and then cry." Check it out. <laughs> the battle is the magnifying glass that reveals you to you. Stop praying the battle away 
because it's growing you up. It's getting rid of the child in you. And I know you may think I'm mature. Let me tell you something. Grown bodies don't mean grown minds. And in fact, a grown body could just mean you ate the wrong chicken breast that had antibiotics in it. So, by the way. Uh, so, the battle. It's a magnifying glass. And what God's been doing in your life is saying, here. And you've been like, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke and bind this storm. And God is like, <laughs> you're doing what? You're rebuking and binding. How about, come here, David, you just walk through it. Because rather than waiting for the storm to be over, you better learn how to run out in the rain and start dancing. As soon as this is over, I'm going to enjoy my life. Well, I'm here to tell you, you better enjoy your life while it's going on. It's a magnifying glass. Touch your name say it's a magnifying glass. As soon as so-and-so do me right, I'm going to trust again. They may not never do you right. Probably they're going to lie probably for the rest of their days. So until then, you better just learn to live. It's a magnifying glass. And here's the deal. You don't know what's in you until you are looking at Cato Leomer in the face. And saying, where you come from? How you get here? Watch this. I didn't think I was that immature. Watch this. Because everybody I used to run with said I was the most mature of the group. The problem is that was with the level one peoples. With the level one peoples, you was at the top of the class. But when you move to level seven, mm-mm. Ooh, for now. It's a magnifying glass. Parents, you want to know what children are? Magnifying glasses. Leaders, you want to know what employees are? Magnifying glasses. That's what they are. What immaturity is in you? And here's the deal. Touch this in a minute. So don't pray to battle it away. It's growing you up. It's getting rid of the child in you. Here it is, I'm through. I got great news about it, though, because that's a sobering question. And I know you're going to be chewing on that for a while. And I encourage you to chew on it, 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 chew on it. Once you think you've chewed on it enough, chew on it some more. Because watch this. God says, if you'll grow up, I will pay up. Bishop, what do you mean? Well, we didn't finish the last word in Genesis 15 and 1. Put it up. Genesis 15 and 1. After these things, what things? After he put God first in every area and after he killed King Y'all got it. The word of the Lord came to Abraham in a, or Abram there in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. You are exceedingly great. Well, I didn't tell you what reward means. I'm going to tell you, God says, I ain't going to let you do all that fighting for nothing. Somebody going to get it. Can I preach like I want to for about 30 seconds? I ain't been there to preach for eight years. Can I preach like I want to for 30 seconds? God says, I ain't going to let you go through all that hell and come out empty-handed. I ain't going to let you fight all those battles for nothing. I'm not going to make you confront all of that for nothing. I am your reward, which in Hebrew, sakar, it means your salary, your wages, your compensation. God says the reason I need you to win this battle is because there's some compensation that's got your name on it. It's some businesses you didn't build that God says, I just want you to get into and take over. But touch your neighbor and say, he is your reward. He is your reward. So what I need to do, and I want to end this experience differently, is I need to stir up the fighter in you. Because the fighter in you has been asleep trying to run from the battle. But God, I need somebody to catch this. But God says, if you'll fight 
Abram, where the Abrams at? God says, if you'll fight your way through this one, I got good news for you. You ain't coming out empty-handed. I am going to pay you for the hell you've been through. I'm going to pay you for the nights you cried. I'm... Somebody shout, when I grow up, God will pay up. So I need you to take 30 seconds here and stir up the warrior that's on the inside. Before an army would go to battle, they'd shout, stir up that warrior. I know you may not be a shouter, but step out of your comfort zone. God says if you'll grow up, I'll pay up. If you'll grow up, I'll pay up. has robbed from you for the last time. The child in you has stolen from you for the last time. Where are the fighters at? Where are the fighters at? Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.